they hate. And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names. I can feel the sun Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Monday, August 28th. 2023 and this is episode 505 of the lots project podcast where we're defying norms and deciding freedom today's episode is titled defining systems of control and it's brought to you by fiverr i'll be diving into the topic in a little bit but let's first grab a cup of coffee catch up on what's going on and have a little chat and we'll dive into this topic in a little bit How's it going, guys? How's it going? First day, uh, new show, new show format, new show motive, all that stuff. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how the timing goes. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it's gonna be up and down and take some uh, take some adjusting over the next week or so. So hopefully you bear with me and uh, you enjoy what I've come up with because uh, I've been thinking about it for quite a while, uh, working on it for a couple months now, really determining how I want to do things. And uh, man, it was a scramble at the end to get everything put together to get going. And I think I kind of accomplished it. I kind of got it um, got it done. I mean, I have the notes for today. I have uh, most of the notes for tomorrow and we're rolling. So that's good. That's good. Uh, and now it's time just to push through. I have a lot of things that came together all at once. So um, man, knocking them out and uh, figuring out which needed to get done was uh, was a it, it was interesting and it, it kind of goes along with the way my brain works and kind of doing four different things at the same time but just making sure all the pieces come together at the end so yeah that's what it's been the last couple of weeks and it's been super busy uh got that comfrey book out uh the end of the last week and the, the website up and everything going with that so that was super important uh as i check these things off the list they go away the podcast is every day the podcast is five times a week with a with an interview. Uh, that's continual prep work. That's continual stuff. But the Comfrey page, the Comfrey book, things like that, once they're accomplished and they get up, they're there. So it's a it's a uh, balancing act between always being ready for the show and getting the other stuff done that gets checked off the list. So. I think I did all right. I got here. I got here. And uh, busy day to day. Comfrey, uh, Comfrey lunch was nice. And uh, we booked a bunch of appointments today. So uh, talking a lot about Comfrey in the, in the next few hours. So excited about that. What are we drinking today? I have uh, today in the cup. Uh, FTO Blonde. FTO Blonde Espresso from Food Forest Farms in the cup today. Uh, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow if you're a coffee coffee guy uh if you're an advanced if you are a coffee snob by any means you're probably going to know what i'm going to talk about uh but you might learn something still but tomorrow's episode uh we're going to be titled the art of home brewing tips and techniques for that perfect cup couldn't get away from that perfect cup uh title and um just went with it for tomorrow's title so we're going to talk about coffee uh how you can uh how you can better your coffee game even if you don't want to change coffee even if you don't want to change brew types, there's small things that you can do that can make your morning cup better. And you'll learn a little bit about coffee beans, too. So I'm excited about that. Uh, later in the week, we're going to touch on uh, balancing 
balancing side hustles and and day jobs when you have that day job but you have a side hustle uh what to look at what to consider and um and how to go down that path of making sure you don't it doesn't all blow up so uh keeping all the balls in the air and uh, making sure everything's good uh that's wednesday thursday we're going to be talking about ai and how ai is transforming content creation uh personally i could talk to that and also dove into some articles from some uh you know big weeks and uh, important people that are deciding the course of content creation so talking about ai and content creation and friday we're going to roll in with another 10k giveaway we'll be at 20k and we'll be talking about bitcoin what a great day to give away some uh, some some Satoshis when we're doing Bitcoin Uncovered, a relatable first-time guide to crypto realm. Uh, we're going to dive in. We're going to dive into Bitcoin, what Bitcoin is, what, um, what cryptocurrency is, and just the basics. Let's get started like you don't know anything. So we'll talk about that. That's what we got coming up this week, and uh, it should be a good week. I think I mentioned it last week, what uh, the process is for picking uh, topics. Uh, I have seven, currently seven main uh, broad reaching topics like cryptocurrency or uh, self-sufficiency and content creation. I have seven of them. Uh, basically, I've assigned each one a number and every seven days, I just use a random number generator and throw it out there. And the corresponding topic goes. And then these are such wide topics that, uh, man, you never know what's going to come out of them. Uh, I mean, I guess cryptocurrency is pretty straightforward. Coffee is pretty straightforward. But there's so many avenues to go down for just, uh, you know, by the time we do our little coffee chat here in the morning and, uh, and move it on to the topic, it'll probably hour, 45 minutes. Uh, lots can be explained in that. So excited to do that. Get the, get the topics laid out. Have them laid out for the first three weeks and uh, working on the notes. So, yeah, looking forward to all these new shows. Uh, in this in this segment, in the in the front end of the show, I just kind of want to get together, get some coffee in my system because it is six a.m. here in Tennessee, and you know, I I get out of bed. I don't know. We started uh, getting out of bed about an hour before the show now but stuff going on running around getting to getting started in the morning with the dogs and everything else got to get that coffee going so uh, a little buffer at the beginning of the show to kind of catch up uh basically roll into what the, the show was uh catching up on daily act and Oh, wow, that flipped away real quick. Interesting. Uh, anything that the audience wants to talk about, uh, questions, comments, and stuff from the peanut gallery over there are always welcome. Uh, let's see who's here this morning. Good morning, Phil Lapine Nobad. How are we doing? How's it going, Mike, this morning uh, and this evening, I guess, over there? And Blakesley Acres, how's it going, Joe? It was good to see you on the Butcher Show um, on Saturday night. That was a fun little chat we had over there uh, about... Uh, homesteading fails that turned out to be everything except homesteading fails, I guess. Uh, but let's see. Let's see what uh, what we had going on in the morning, uh, in the morning uh, this past weekend. Uh, let's see. Biggest thing is we went uh, mattress shopping. We went mattress shopping for Corey. Uh, that's always um, 
interesting for me. Corey and I actually got discussing it that uh, in my life, anytime I've ever bought a mattress, intended to buy a mattress, or thought about buying a mattress, it just went sideways. It was always one of those, you know, you look up the mattress store and it's, um, oh, anywhere from $200 to $1,500. And I'm like, cool, I want to spend like 200 bucks on a mattress. Uh, and you get there and, oh my God, all our mattresses are gone except the $1,000 model. Like a bait and switch type of sleazy car salesman type of deal. Um, yeah. So Corey said that she had had much more pleasant experiences buying mattresses. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this will go all right. <laughs> anyway, we um, we started popping around and uh, looking in online. We found some discount mattress places and uh, decided to check them out and went to the first one. And the guy, I don't know if he was a new salesman, just he doesn't need to sell very hard or what. But uh, basically, we're walking around in one of these little uh, buy buy a shitload of inventory and then sell it as, uh, as expensive as you can place. And the guy walks over with his notebook and he has no idea what we're looking at or what mattress it is. And Corey's like, yeah, I need a full that's where it goes in uh, in our place. That's what I got room for. He's like, oh, but we have queens and this and that. He's like, we have this one full that's firm. Uh, and Corey's like, okay, well, how much is it? And he goes, well, I'll give you $20 off. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, how much is it? <laughs> I'll give you $20 off. I'm like, well, okay, well, how much is it with $20 off? Like, didn't want to give us a price, but it was way up in, like, we had looked, and they said they had mattresses ranging from $200 to, uh, oh, man, expensive. But, uh, man, they uh, they said, he's like, oh, $750. I'm like, yeah, no. Not for a full-size bed out of someplace that the ceiling tiles are falling out of. So we uh, passed on that one. Uh, we, were, we were assured that... Uh, we rest assured that uh, we could come back and order one on Amazon if we wanted one of the the mattress, the foam, the memory foam, like expandable out of a out of a bag type of mattresses. We could order one of those, and um, so we went on to a next place. And it turns out that this one, the the owner had died. the The son and the granddaughter were running it, trying to get rid of inventory to close the place. And before we went in. We hadn't talked about it before we went to the first place. And before we went in, I asked Corey, what's your upper limit on this mattress? Like she goes, well, I know I can get them for uh, for like 350 on Amazon. Really nice. And uh, and one that'll be all right. So let's do 350. I'm like, OK, well, that makes it pretty easy. Guy says 800. We go, well, we can spend 350. Or if it's 400, I could be like, she set her limit in the car. So we go in, we look, the guy didn't have a ton of inventory in full size and so he's like here this one this is about the only one i have and it was a firm which she wanted and uh we we're like well how much is it and he's like oh no he goes and gets the book and he's looking he's like well i can do 350 <laughs> and we're like okay perfect uh bingo he nailed the number and uh so we dicked around we had to go get cash and this and that their card machine was down it was uh it was a really a shit show um and uh like got through the whole sales process got through writing up a ticket and all this stuff and i pull out a card to pay for it she's like oh our card reader found like you couldn't have told me that like 10 minutes ago we could have gone and got cash while you were doing all this stuff but whatever we got the mattress we got it home we got it swapped out for Corey. um and it's nice it's nice we well, you slept on that two times now 
two nights. She thinks it's okay, I guess. That's okay. She had to get a, get one. It was kind of an emergency that she had to get a new mattress because um, the dog. So we had a foam. Uh, it was custom. That, that one was custom. Custom size foam mattress that we uh, had cut because of where it was going in the camper. And um, yeah, they finally like the, a nail caught it and it started peeling a little bit. It started peeling a little bit more and then there was a big hole in it. So it was time. It was time. But man, other than that, it was a lot of working on uh, the website, working on the podcast, um, and getting co- set up for consults. And uh, so that's great. Morning, Canadian Farmstead. How we doing? Glad you joined us, getting ready to roll into our topic for the morning. And uh, away we go with the new things. But anyway, that's uh, that's kind of about it. Corey and I are diving into a new routine today that uh, that probably be really good and uh, beneficial to both of us, hopefully, hopefully, and uh, let's talk about more of that coming up in the next few days. But anyway, we're coming up on quarter after, and so I think I'm going to start diving into that topic for the day, which is going to be defining the systems of control. So let me get a sip of coffee here, and we'll talk about who's bringing the show to you. And just FYI, these uh, these brought to you buys are uh, are some affiliate accounts that I have chosen uh, to stand in the in for sponsors along the way. Uh, these are ways that you can support me. Usually, a sponsor is paying, and you pay it back by going and seeing them. Hey, we went with the direct relationship here, and uh, hey, if you want to use any of the services I mentioned or products I mentioned along the way, that just helps support us. So. Check for those links in the in the video description and the audio description every day if you hear something you like. Anyway, I'm going to grab a, cup, a sip here and uh, switch notes and get going on the topic for the day. All right. Have you been looking to lighten your workload? Are you a freelancer looking to work or wanting to see if you can spin up a little side hustle out of it? You should check out Fiverr, a peer-to-peer website where you can hire freelancers to do things such as logo design, video editing, artwork, web design, and more. Even better, if you have any of the hundreds of skills listed on Fiverr, you can list your services for sale. It's quick and easy to sign up for someone looking to hire or be hired directly by the customer. Check it out. The link is in the video description. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me, and I will definitely be willing to help you. Check it out today. Fiverr, it is a place to contract directly with people that are going to help you out. Know lots of people getting logos and uh, things of that nature done on Fiverr, and most of them have had nothing but good things to say about it. So if uh, if you're looking for something like that, be sure to check it out. And uh, with that, let's get to the topic today. And today I'll be talking about exploring the societal systems that govern our daily lives and decisions. Uh, these things are also referred to as the systems of control. And with the LOPS project standing for living outside the systems of control, I thought that the first day of the new podcast going to these uh, these more mainstay topics, what a better way to uh, to do that than to talk about a little bit of the systems of control, what I'm talking about when I mention that, and uh, some of the things that we do to mitigate that in our lives, 
how I kind of came to that conclusion. And um, I'll, so I'll just touch on them. I'll touch on five different areas today. Uh, we're going to talk about the media, healthcare, education, economic structures, and laws and legal frameworks. Uh, we're going to recognize each of these systems and how they've been pivotal in my life and influencing the decisions I make every we're building our, our uh, life outside of these systems. All uh, right. And to start off, we're just going to we're going to roll through them. I kind of went back and and um, tried to pinpoint where I realized each of these systems when I realized each of them was there, when I realized that there was either a intentional um, coincidental uh, whatever. There was stuff affecting me. There was stuff controlling my life from outside that I could figure out a way to um, I could figure out a way to prevent that from happening by making simple changes. <laughs> so as I look back, I realized that the first thing I really noticed was the media media as far as everything across the board. We think the news, we think that, but I'm talking everything, TV, TV shows, commercials, news, uh, movies, anything of that, even music and, and beyond, if you let it, if you let it into your lives. And I don't think a lot of people realize that they are letting it into their lives, but uh, here's a little bit about my experience with media. Always kind of felt uneasy growing up. Um, watch the news, watch the news, watch the news. Everybody watch the news. As I got older and you watch that um, local news, you really start to realize that it's all spoon fed. Those people had no um, no thought into what they were saying. They were, they were reading scripts and someone was feeding it to them. Didn't really make that connection yet. But um, later on in life, Corey and I got to a point where we decided that paying for satellite TV, direct TV or um, or their competitor, whatever dish network or um, or paying for cable was absolutely ridiculous. Realize it's it's super expensive. We were living in the suburbs and uh, man, we put it up in an antenna. We had 47 channels. It was uh, more than enough especially since we were trying to get to a point in our life to, that we wanted to limit our TV, limit our sitting around on the couch and just vegging out. So we stopped watching. I stopped watching the news before that. I, I kind of skipped over that, but then I stopped watching TV altogether. We stopped watching um, direct TV. We limited ourselves to movies. Um, we went to the straight antenna, you know, no we cut the cable, all that, all that jazz, uh, while we were in the cities. Well, we still had the TV. We mostly watched, uh, old reruns and stuff like that. Uh, never watched the news or anything. When we moved to our farm, we didn't get any channels. Like it was, uh, we went from 46 with the little antenna to absolutely zero when we were out in the middle of nowhere. And I think it was a good thing. I think it was really a good thing. We didn't watch much TV at all. Um, and I noticed some big changes uh, once that happened. Once we weren't watching uh, regular TV, when we weren't watching things that had um, commercials in them, 
our mannerisms in the stores changed. And this was the first eye-opening thing that I had. And this isn't the only thing that media affects, but it was the direct relationship with my life that made me open my eyes. So I noticed that we stopped buying everything in the store. Well, I did personally. I, like I would walk around the store and I would have a list. I would have in my mind what I was going to get. And I, that's what I did. And I recalled that when I used to walk around the store, when I was watching TV, when I was watching all the commercials, I would feel like I wanted to buy things that I had no idea why. So I'd walk by a product and walking down the aisle in the grocery store in a Target or a Walmart. And I would see something and I'd be like, oh, I think I, I, I think I, I, I wanted that. I've seen that somewhere. I thought I really wanted that. Like just this weird off feeling um, that I, I desired this for some reason, that I had thought about it. But these are things that I had never really looked into or anything. I had been seeing them in commercials. And and once I stopped watching that, once I stopped having that fed to me that I need this, I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it all the time. How much better is your life with X, Y, Z? Um, it, it became different walking through stores. And I went, huh, if they're doing that with products, if they're doing that with the, the grocery store, or the Target, or the Walmart, or the Home Depot, what are they doing to me with the news? What are they doing to me with movies and TV shows where they're conveying more of a message than just, than just buy a product? Am I being sculpted to think a certain way? Am I being sculpted to, to act a certain way? Um, and once I once I, I started realizing this, I started diving more into really looking at what I was watching and not just watching it. Really, really diving into what I'm seeing. Am I being am I being manipulated in some way? Am I being coerced in some way? to go and buy things or go and think things that I necessarily don't want to. And as I pulled away, I felt that my, my thoughts started to become my own. And definitely after years of only doing movies, uh, using Amazon Prime, Netflix, uh, I've seen a change. I've seen a change in the way I think. I've seen a way, a change in the way I can present an idea. And most of them, I really have a backing for now. And I feel that before, I was regurgitating things that I was seeing. I was seeing it on the news and I believed it, but I couldn't tell you why. I could tell you the little soundbite or the snippet that I saw on the news, but that was it. So really noticing that and digging in and, and realizing that I can make up my own mind, I can make up my own decisions on uh, what to think and what to buy, uh, I stepped out of that media control. And I really try to stay away from it. Um, consciously knowing that the media I consume is there for this purpose, 
I can consume it comfortably as long as I limit it. And we do. We only uh, we only really watch movies now. And we don't have a cable that we run behind the behind the trailer to keep, get our cable TV. So that is media, guys. I've really checked out of that and really limit my uh, limit my exposure to it. Uh, I suggest you do the same. Man, cut the news off and your life will get 100% better. And uh, cut the cut the media or cut the TV off in general. And uh, man, watch uh, watch how productive you can get and how much time you actually spend watching TV. So that was the media. Uh, the second thing I had on my list, the second system of control, is the healthcare system. Uh, man, what a shit show that is. Uh, we'll hit that real quick. Uh, back to where I learned about this, where my eyes opened up, and I went, huh. Huh. Um, I think it had to be the first time was, uh, I've mentioned it many times. I think it was Corey with her Prilosec. Uh, her, she had some heartburn issues, some gastrointestinal issues, uh, and went to the doctor. I mean, she was having some serious shit going on. It was like really serious. And uh, man, multiple times a week, I would think my, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time was, was dying on me like heart attack dying and uh, basically it was like acid reflux or something is what they told her um and so they prescribed her prilosec and she started taking it she started feeling a little bit better she went to the doctor and the doctor's like yeah well it works so we're just going to keep you on this probably for the rest of your life uh and it'll stop working uh, as well so we'll have to up your dose and you'll just take it the rest of your life I didn't think much of this. My dad is the same way. I know other people that are that pop the shit like candy. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Well, one day Corey was sitting there looking at her prescription bottle and um, and looking at the warning labels. She's reading it and it says, do not take this for more than X, Y, Z. I think it was six months, six months, six weeks. I mean, it wasn't long. It wasn't the rest of her life by any means. Um, and warning about all the stuff that could happen if you continually take this, how bad it is for you. And here we have her doctor telling her, yo, you're going to take it the rest of your life. And the label on the stuff that he's telling her to take is saying it's going to damage her more if she continues to take it. I mean, if that's not a red flag going up to tell you that this is all bullshit, then, I mean, that was the first flag. We kind of started digging into stuff. Um, Corey realized that uh, that eating clean might help, uh, that eating paleo, keto, one of these diets, one of these clean diets might help. We started digging into health, nutrition, um, the food system and the healthcare system in our country and uh, realized it was kind of a shit show. And... So she really dove in to try to make herself healthy naturally. She quit taking the Prilosec. Um, she started eating paleo, strict paleo. Like my wife, I swear, for a year, uh, I was miserable because she wouldn't let any sugar in the house. <laughs> like I was eating paleo by default because she was eating so clean that she didn't want anything in the house that was, uh, was not okay to eat. We had a huge micro green system in our in our house. No, at that point we did. No, we did. We did uh, have the micro green system in the house. We ate clean. Uh, we we're on the farm at that point. She was a year in. Uh, she looked fantastic. I mean, it was it was amazing transformation that I saw in her. Um, 
And then she she ended up having to have her gallbladder out. And this was one of the reasons she was prepping for that. She wanted to be as healthy as possible uh, to make recovery easier all across the board. Well, she has the surgery. She comes out. And the first thing they want to feed her is juice and cookies. And she's like, I don't want that. Like, I've had sugar in a year. Like, I don't want that. And this is what they had to provide for her after surgery. After surgery for a gastrointestinal problem, they want to feed her sugar and cookies. And, oh, wait, it was all, it wasn't generic. They were both brand name. Were they sponsored to be in there? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what the motivations are. But there are so many contradictions. There's so many, um, you know, the 350-pound doctor telling you you're overweight. That is that is the thing I look to in the healthcare system and go, it's broken. How are we having people that are the exact opposite of what we should be advising us on how to get there? I don't know. So what did I do? What did I do? I don't go to the fucking doctor. That's the first thing. Um, I'm open to alternatives. I'm open to alternatives. Diet. Um, other types of medicine. Um, you know, natural healing. All sorts of plant medicines. I'm open to those. I'm open to exploring them, looking into them, and seeing how they can benefit me. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I blip out a couple more times in this episode, but uh, I, 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 uh, I can't believe that a pharmaceutical company is going to make something that's going to cure you to get rid of their customers. I can't believe a doctor's first intention is to cure you so he has no more customers. Take care of yourself, folks, and look into your own health question what your doctor's telling you, get a second opinion, do your own research. And when it doesn't make sense, ask them. And if they don't have answers, find something else, find someone else. Don't pass off to the experts what you can look up yourself. The experts, just because he's in a white coat doesn't know, mean he knows everything. That's what I've learned from the healthcare system. We'll move on here to uh, education. <laughs> education man i come from a family of teachers lots of them i come from a community of teachers uh when you're when your mom's a, a teacher when you are um in a small town and a lot of uh your parents friends are teachers education is all around you all the time i uh I went through, I went through high school, you know, I went all the way through, I got to the end of high school and I went off to college and, uh, man, I didn't end up finishing college. I, uh, I got through it and, and kind of dropped out. I kind of dropped out. I, I was asked to leave probably. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was a blur in my life at the time. I obviously wasn't ready to go and uh, and be saddled with that responsibility at the age of 18. 
Um, so that was one thing. But I made it through and I got a job and I started working and blah, blah, blah. Well, as I progressed through life, I realized as I started looking back at the things like the media and healthcare, I went, why don't I know all this stuff? Why don't I know a lot of the things I need to know? Why don't I know how to do taxes? Why don't I know how to do X, Y, Z or change it flat on a tire or flat? I knew how to do the hard skills, the guy things, because I was still in that area era where you got taught stuff outside of school. But why aren't we taught that in school? Why doesn't everybody know that? Everybody, everybody, um, everybody drives a car or has driven a car. And if you haven't, then this doesn't apply to you. But the majority of people, why are we just taught in driver's ed how to change a flat tire? That was never taught. In my life. The curriculums, and it just, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I kind of dove in a little bit more. And we're set up to obey. We're really set up to obey. When you look back at school, there's two things that I looked at before in uh, in in the prior to college model. Uh, one version is we're taught what they want us to know. When you when you get out of there, when you look at a history book, when you look at um, the things that it were taught and how things went, and then you really start diving into other. Um, when you start diving into other means of education, when you start looking at different aspects of history, different texts of history, different versions of history, you realize that maybe we weren't taught exactly what happened. You know, it kind of circles back to the whole nutrition thing. Maybe we weren't taught exactly what the body really needs. We got taught the food pyramid. And you start going down those rabbit holes and realize we're taught what they want us to learn. The government makes up the curriculum. The government wants us to eat the food pyramid. Do we know why the government wants us to eat the food pyramid? You can look that up for yourself. But it was one thing that kind of stood out to me. We're teaching our children what, what, is being, what is being thrown out there. History of this country. History of the world. History of everything. History is written by the victor. History is written by the person teaching it. When you can step away and actually start reading texts of people that were there, people that were actually observing it from a different point of view, you start to question things. So the curriculum is one thing where I think it's a system of control. They get children and they try, they, I speak they, government or whoever, is trying to get children younger and younger. Cradle to grave. Cradle to grave. So let's get them young, impressionable, and then just spoon feed them what we want them to know and just omit omit they don't even need to change history they just omit things so there's that there's that <coughs> excuse me and uh the other thing that i really noticed about the pre-college time the pre-college education system is it's conditioning you 
is conditioning you to be a factory worker or even in prison. And if you take a second and sit back and think about school, think about high school. You get there in the morning. What'd you do? You went to homeroom. You went, you checked in, you sat down. They called your name. You said, I'm here. Roll call. Hey, you know what they do in prison? They count all the prisoners every day. Then the bell rings. Beep. You go do the next thing. Pavlovian responses to things going on. The bell rings. You switch class. The bell rings. You sit down. The bell rings at the end of the day. You go home. Huh. Sounds a lot like going to work when you're doing a menial factory job. It's almost like it was based off the same thing. That if we could get these kids for 12 years to go to show up on time, punch in, go do all, go through all the motions all day when the bell rings. Then the bell rings, we go to lunch. We come back, we do our job, and then we get the bell ring, go home. Very similar. The way things are run in schools are very similar to prisons. Um, yeah, well, I think it's more of factory work. I think I... I picture, uh, I correlate the prison. Uh, I didn't dive too deep into uh, going down that road, but it, man, the factory work, the school system being based off that same, same mentality of moving through the day, moving people, shuffling through them, through their jobs, giving them their breaks, and then sending them home. It looks very similar. looks very similar. So that's kind of touching a little bit on the early education system. College, man, like... Holy shit. Um, when I sat down later in life, in my 30s, 40s, and really thought about what went down um, when I was 16 years old, when I was 17 years old, and the school, parents, peers, everybody's asking you what you want to be when you, what do you want to be? What are you going to school for? Where are you going to school? I was 16. I was 17. I'm 45 now. I have no idea what I want to do. I want to do this. I really like talking. I really like talking to you guys. I really like talking uh, about things, helping people understand things and, and educating. I really enjoy that. You know what I wanted to be when I was 16? Physical therapist. Why? No idea. It was a name on a list. I didn't realize that then. I thought I wanted to do it. I went to college. I made the decision at an age that I was not old enough to legally buy a cigarette. I was not legally able to join the military. I was not legally able to buy booze, but I was legally able to sign a loan document and decide what I was going to go do for the rest of my life. How does that make sense? Unless we're just cogs in a machine that we got to pump out at 18 years old and just keep them rolling right into the system. Pick what you're going to do, get your education, then go do it for 40 years. Is that how we're supposed to live our lives? Or is that how we control a population to, to be productive? Productive. I don't know. Well, I broke three of that. I, I kind of broke free of that education system. Um, and some ways you can do that is educate yourself, guys. Look into alternative sources of information. Look into alternative sources of history. Look into alternative sources. Educate yourself 
and question everything. Not question everything as in Tinfoil Tuesday, question everything. Just, just question things. Start pulling at threads. Don't believe everything. Don't believe everything when you read the stuff, when you start questioning it. I'm not saying believe Alex Jones or believe whatever. Just look into things, question things, explore things. Move on, move on a little bit. Economic structures. Um, man, this one's easy. How do they control? How do they? I keep referring to they. Um, I think they is a collective of just entities, entities that um, that are pushing this. Is there a great global scheme of the 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 uh, you know the the new world order or the Illuminati or the deep state or what? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. They're not doing anything to me directly. If they are there, if they're not there, whatever. These are things I've recognized and someone is putting them in place. So I have to refer to them as they, them, whatever. He, she, whatever they want to be, whatever they want to be identified as is fine with me. But economic structures are there, whether it developed naturally or on purpose. I feel that it, it is kind of on purpose. But um, the way I've noticed that we're controlled by economic structures is class envy is huge is huge um the division that goes on in everyday life especially identity politics but you know the division of people by money must be nice i wish i had that much money those damn rich don't pay their fair share those welfare cases just take my taxes and eat them up. Why am I paying taxes if I don't benefit from it? Those scumbags taking that taking that welfare. Man, look at that guy with that big old plane. Why does he need that? You're drilled these ideas since your child. Since you're very, 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 very little. So class envy it, it is the easiest these people have what i want and they got it because of no no hard work of their own or these people are taking what i have and they don't do anything for it you know what there's somebody in the middle making money off both sides there's somebody benefiting from us being divided there's somebody yeah it's got to be perpetrated on purpose class envy another way the economic structure works to benefit and to keep us controlled is there are definitely rules that are set up i'm not saying that there's not ways around it i'm not saying that without anything you can't become something that's not what i'm saying but i will tell you it is definitely easier to make money when you have money just there is a damn saying it takes money to make money it is set up it is set up that way but you can get around it it's set up that way and it's pushed forward that way and the only way it can happen that's the way it's presented that's the way it's presented but you can get around it 
You can make it through. You don't, you can bootstrap things. You can't bootstrap things that have immediate satisfaction that, that this society, society has determined that we need immediate gratification and satisfaction. Yes, it takes money to make money at that point. Can't just like make it happen. But work your ass off and get around that. Um, another thing that kind of the economic structures control us is the whole keeping up with the Joneses, the two cars, the two incomes, all the debt. And when I started exploring that whole phenomenon, and when you look back at the 40s and 50s and you see the, the one income family, the one car family, and you look around that home, you don't see six tablets. You don't see a cell phone or three cell phones and a cable plan and da 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 da. Let's go down the list of things that we use for monthly expenses, things that we finance with monthly payments, the debt that gets saddled on us, the the liabilities that get put in our day to day lives, require us now to have two incomes. Well, now that we need two incomes, we need two cars, which means our payments go up even more. Well, all I want to do when I get home is watch a movie and watch some TV. Well, there's your cable bill. You know, I remember when I went to college, way back when I was went to college. <laughs> and uh, I remember we paid $7 a month for our cable. Why I remember it was $7 a month, I have no idea. It was in our, in our tuition thing, but you could opt out and opt in. So my roommates and I, we just figured it out. But it was $7 a month. I thought that was insanely, insanely expensive to pay for TV. What's your cable bill? I don't have one. I don't know what it is anymore, but it's got to be more than $7. How do you pay for it? You put more cogs in the machine. You put more cogs. You get more out. You drive the machine. What am I doing to get outside of the economic structures of control structures that are put in place? Corey and I have rethought what we think of as wealth. Our drive now is not necessarily accumulating things and having the most stuff and having the coolest stuff and the newest stuff. We focused on minimalism. When we moved into our RV, we decided that we had to purge all of our stuff, which we did. I mean, we don't have the room to bring everything we had. And through that freeing experience, we realized that we don't need to buy shit. Well, when you don't need to buy shit, you know what you don't need as much of? Money. You know what you don't need to spend your time doing as much? Making money. And if you can get out of debt, and you can realize what you actually need and what makes your life better, you can spend a lot less money, which means you need to make less money. Or you can make the same amount of money and only have to make it for less time. Open your eyes and realize you might be buying shit because of, hey, scroll up to media. Go back to the beginning. Why are you buying that shit at the store when you're walking around? Do you really need it or are you just thinking you need it? All ties together, guys. Let's touch on free legal real quick. Um, man, this is a spiral. This is like, this could go so many different ways. I sat down with it one way and, um, man, and, and looked at laws. I looked at, you know, 
going back before I, I started diving in and, and opening my eyes to all of these things, the possibility of them, I thought laws were great. Keeping us safe. Keeping us from society going sideways. Man, the Patriot Act is going to keep us safe from the terrorists. Was all in on that shit. Goes back to that media, man. All in on the media. Once you pull away and realize that um, how big the law books are, how many laws there are, how um, many new laws are made, the fact that most of us are committing felonies on a daily basis and we don't even know it because we don't even know all the laws. Why? Why do we have all of this? I've gone down the road of anarchism, voluntarism, whatever you want to call it to make it not so scary. But the NAP is kind of the guiding principle, the non-aggression principle. Don't hurt people and don't take their shit. You have, no, you have no reason to aggress upon somebody unless they're threatening you or taking your stuff. That means there's a victim. There's always... I think if we just started to take away laws that didn't have a victim, I wonder how many of them we would get rid of. Like if we said, we're going to open the law book and we're going to start tearing out pages. If we find a page that has all the laws in the book are, are, have no victim to that crime, we're going to tear it out. I wonder how thick the book would be at that point. I don't know. I don't know. I've really started living my life by that, by the nap, by the, the non-aggression principle, letting that navigate my life, uh, being aware of the laws, making moral decisions on the validity of the laws, understanding that I can still be put in a cage because those are the laws of where I live, but really uh, making a personal decision whether I really concede to that. Can I get around it? Can I can I use mobility to put myself in another spot where that law is different? And that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Nicole uh, Nicole Sauce talked about it when I was uh, when I don't remember where we were talking. Might have been the butcher conversation, but uh, the fact of uh, you know say deer meat to uh, deer meat to uh, from a gift to a sale. So here, Pip, thanks for joining us, by the way. I see you over there. Here, Pip, here's five pounds of ground venison that I shot um, a couple weeks ago. I'm going to give it to you for you to enjoy and, and give you nourishment. <coughs> Big Daddy government says that's okay. That's okay. Two days later, I say, hey, Pip, got five pounds of that venison, man, um, but I'm a little short on cash. I'll give you five pounds of venison for five dollars, so I can go buy uh, go buy something. 
Now I put that same five pounds of venison in his hand and he hands me back $5. And now for some reason that venison, it's bad. Somehow Pip handing me $5 made the five pounds of venison. I handed him bad. That's the legal framework that's set to control us. Those things. Murder's bad, guys. I get it. There's a victim. There's a victim. And I think we've kind of spun our whole society into a victim mentality. I think a lot of people could could really twist a lot of things into there is a victim. I think with the nap, with making sure there's a victim to a crime, we have to also be responsible for ourselves. We have to realize that some of our decisions that we make make us a victim, not the person doing whatever they're doing. So take responsibility for yourself. Keep an eye out. Look for loopholes. Look for things that you can do to skirt the things that are controlling your life through legal frameworks. Just keep an eye out, guys. Keep an eye out. And that's kind of everything I have. Those are the five things I wanted to touch on today. I wanted to touch on media, healthcare, um, the role of education in controlling us, economic structures, and legal. Um, I believe it's evident that these systems play significant roles in governing various aspects of our lives. Um, from our daily, day-to-day, um, the way we move through the world to just a, a, a lifelong cradle-to-grave idea that they can put in our head, that they can program us through. They don't need chips, guys. Everybody's worried about people getting microchips and being able to be controlled. Don't need it. We don't need it. Just look around you and, and observe what's going on. They're everywhere. But once you see them, they become glaringly apparent. And you can tell the influence they have on you. Take a moment, look around, and figure out small steps to get yourselves out of these systems. Start like we did with the media. Shut the TV off. Not a little bit. Not we're going to watch it less. Turn it off and see what happens. Not overnight. The programming's deep, guys. The programming is deep. Take some steps away. Go back through the episode. Hit those topics and look around in your life. Am I having to make extra money this month because of things I bought and financed or didn't need? I have no idea why I bought them. I have no idea why I spent that money. Think about it. Really stop. Slow down in your life. Look at the different ways you're being manipulated and do little things to get away from it. It's easy. Eventually, you won't be able to stop. Once you realize how freedom feels, actual freedom, free will, making your own choices, you won't be able to get away from it. Every day, you'll want more. You'll want more. So, anyway, that's what I got. That's what I got. Episode one of the new style, of the new show. I don't know what you guys think. I hope it went well. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. I think if you already knew all that, you know someone that doesn't. 
you know someone that could hear that 45 minute chat that might go, huh, one of the five, maybe. Even contemplating one of those five areas, I feel like it was worth the 45 minutes I just talked. Share it, share it around, guys. I, I will appreciate it for sure. Um, I'm I'm doing this in an attempt to, to make the podcast better, more valuable to people. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Other than that, tonight, guys, I have Dave, Dave Letterfly on lots to talk about. Dave is a, is an old school pinstriper. Um, he does hand painted lettering, gold leaf inscriptions, airbrushed imagery. Uh, he does them on motorcycles, hot rods, guitars, cake mixers, uh, even motorhomes. He's one of the top pinstripers in the world. He's traveled around. That's what he does on a day-to-day -day basis to make his income. And he, he definitely is a master in his craft. He's going to come on and talk about how that is, how his life of adventure is unfolded by making his own way. Uh, I think it per fits in perfectly to today's topic on the morning show, but be sure to join me tonight, 6 p.m. Central on YouTube and Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter for lots to talk about with Dave Letterfly. I'm excited to talk to the man. He just seems like a really cool dude, and uh, it should be a, uh, a great chat with all the adventures he's been on in his life. Uh, other than that, guys, we're going to wrap it up. If you enjoyed the show, uh, please consider jumping down in the in the comments, finding those uh, or in the video notes, in the audio notes. Find that link to Fiverr, uh, the show's quote unquote sponsor for today. Check it out. Click the link. Sign up for Fiverr. You never know what they could help you do. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Admin work, digital assistant, logo design, video editing. I mean, the list is long, guys. I can't even start to get it all. But check out Fiverr if you would. And be sure to use the link. Sign up when you get over there and uh, check it out. Dump some, uh, dump, dump a couple dollars in there and see how your life can be more efficient using someone to get some stuff done for you. Anyway, uh, you can find this show at thelotsproject.com or on Nostra Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. If you enjoyed it, be sure to share it with someone you think that could find some value from it. Uh, and be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Hey guys, tomorrow we're talking coffee. I hope you have a great day and you knock it out of the park, get shit done. We will talk to you tomorrow.